know the big question around here is um, uh, what is Florida going to do about a quarterback? Uh, do you have any idea? Well, I don't think anybody has an idea right now because both, you know, last year's starters are back. I wouldn't expect them both to be here after spring football. I, I would imagine one of them will feel like I'm the guy and the other one will feel like I'm not the guy. And so I'm going to leave. I'm, you know, uh, I, I would imagine that would be Emory Jones. I know that he wanted to get his degree and it, it look, it's, it's much better to get a degree and put that diploma up on the wall from the University of Florida than it is from a, you know, a FCS team or, I mean, FCS team or, or even a, a mid-major. So I, I think that's one thing. So he may be planning on leaving, but I do know this. Steve Spurrier loves his throwing motion. Billy Napier loves his throwing motion. If they can figure out how to get his timing down, he may end up being the quarterback. That's interesting. At this point, uh, I know they've had a chance to get some work done with them. But how do they uh, how do they feel about the recruiting this year? Um, where where they stand in relationship to this past year and what they needed to get done? They felt that they need to get done to start this year. You know, yeah, there's been. A lot of people say that he saved the recruiting class. I think he solved the recruiting class. Uh, it still wasn't, you know, a, a top ten class. But um, again, when you come in like that, it's very difficult. In fact, Coach Spurrier was telling me on my podcast the other day. He said, you know, our first year we didn't even try to recruit because we knew, we knew we were getting a late start. But um, you know. They had a good class, but they're going to have to do some stuff in the transfer portal. I know they have a lot of spots open. The roster is still far from um, being, you know, a full roster. And uh, so they're – but, I mean, the, the thing is, I we've had a lot of conversations about what they're doing, and and it really it makes a lot of sense about a lot of the little things that they're doing. The attention to detail is amazing. Um, and I don't know why it wasn't that way before, but it wasn't. And uh, so I think, you know, again, next year class, which they're having a bunch of recruits in over the next month, next year's class uh, with the new building, which will be ready to go in July, it should be a good class. Now, is it going to be a top three or top four class? I don't think so. I, I They still are trying to make, you know, inroads, but it's just going to be a progression. I mean, it's not like Alabama and Georgia and Texas A&M and Ohio State are going to stop recruiting. You know, I mean, they're still going to be the teams to compete with and LSU. I mean, they're going to have to compete with them, but I think they at least feel like they, they are on a, a little bit better footing, and the next year should be a, a much better year than this year. Yeah. Uh, recruiting, how do you feel personally? I know you take a close look at these recruiting grades and so on, but and the uh, type class they come out with. But uh, Texas A&M is reputed to have had the best years recruiting in, in the SEC. Uh, their quarterback, starting quarterback last year, transferred. Uh, how do you feel, uh, Texas A&M, do you feel that Texas A&M uh, did have a better year than, say, Alabama and Georgia? Recruiting-wise, I, I 
I mean, they did according to the stars and everything like that. Um, they obviously had a dynamic recruiting class, and they got a lot of players Florida was after. Uh, they got all the players Alabama was after. I mean, they they did a great job, but you still got to develop them, coach them. I think Jimbo is a, a great play caller and obviously didn't have the quarterback last year. I mean, they lost four games with a really good defense. So um, would I pick Texas A&M to win it next year? No, I would not. I'd still pick it Alabama. They have the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so, uh, but I mean, Texas A&M could be the most interesting, I think, team to watch uh, next year, just because of all this influx of young talent. They have. Again, it was the number one class, but they're all freshmen. They weren't, they weren't pulling in number one classes or even top five classes before the NIL came in. Now, now with the NIL, they obviously took advantage of it. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I found something interesting the other day. Big uh, Saban, I publicly yeah, criticized three of his players for three receivers uh, at Alabama. That's something that is usually not the case with, uh, with Saban and uh, certainly the Belichick and the Sabans and those guys. Uh, but uh, that, that was a little unusual. He called them out, and uh, and uh, that's that's something that's that, that story's not fully told yet. Yeah, he. I remember when he called out um, you know, some of his coaches the one year they lost it. So he when they when they don't win the championship, and of course that's their only goal. Uh, you know, obviously he there's usually a reason, and he he doesn't mind saying. I tell you what, I've learned to really like Nick Saban. I love his honesty at times. It's, it's refreshing considering what we usually get from people in the profession. But, um, yeah, I mean, what he was saying basically was we had some guys that when their opportunity came, they didn't take advantage of it. And he was uh, – and some of them – one of them, Billingsley, jumped in the transfer portal, I mean, almost as he ran off the field. So – you know, there there were some guys who just didn't do that, but that that is a good lesson for every football team or any sport that you've got to be prepared when you get your chance. And if you're not, and you're not going to put the effort in to get ready, you can't just turn it on and off. You know, I think I think the great example of that was Kyle Trask, who was ready to play when they called him in in the fourth quarter of the Kentucky game, and ended up having an unbelievable career and second round draft pick and to be the Bucks' starting quarterback this year. Yeah, yeah. This is, you know, I'll just say it was unusual for Saban to do that. I can't recall really him calling out players like that. I do remember when he said a couple of things about coaches, but uh, overall, it's just a departure from the norm for Saban. Let me ask you one other uh, question about the Florida defense, which is a question that was uh, passed on to me uh, as recently as yesterday afternoon. Uh, what how do you feel Florida, uh, Florida's defense has uh, prepared themselves with recruiting and otherwise uh, to play in, this, in the Southeastern Conference? As you well know, that defense has really helped them in the past. Yeah, I mean, they've got a, a lot of issues still on defense. I just actually wrote a thing for Gators Wire about 
because they've got eight openings that they're going to try to fill in the transfer portal right now. And a lot of them are going to be on defense because they need, look, they need a backup for Ventrell Miller uh, with Tyrone Hopper leaving. That, that certainly is a blow. They finally got him to be playing at a high level and then he left, went to Missouri for some reason. Um, you know, they need defensive tackles like because they have not recruited that position well. Gervon Dexter is really good, but what else do they have there? They need another edge rusher to go along with Brenton Cox. And they probably need somebody in the secondary to maybe hold down that nickel position, which they haven't done since Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, they've, they've really been weak in that position. So, you know, again, it's so hard to tell what this team is going to look like because we don't even know what spring practice is going to look like until April 15th. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's just hard to say with a new coordinator, with, with players with hopefully a new attitude. And, um, you know, obviously the, the last coordinator did not work out very well. Um, and they had to replace him. So, you know, we'll see what, what they're able to do. But, you know, again, when you're facing Utah and Kentucky to start the season, it's not going to be easy for a defense that has – struggled the last two years. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, what are your what are your top five or six teams in the SEC? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it's still Alabama and Georgia. You know, that, that hasn't changed. Um, I would put Texas A&M in the, in the, in the top five or six. Um, and then I think Florida... Kentucky and Tennessee are kind of all in that. Are they are they just okay, or are they actually going to take a step this year? You know, obviously Florida was not that far, you know, back obviously two years ago, beating Georgia and winning the East, but then they took a giant step back last year. So I still would think Florida is going to be in the running there. I I'm curious to see what LSU looks like with uh, Brian Kelly. Obviously, they had a good recruiting class as well, but they've lost a lot of players. So, uh, I, I mean, the league, look, it's still going to be the same thing. It's still going to be tougher than heck. It's going to be hard to win on the road everywhere but Vanderbilt. And, um, you know, it, it, I mean, Lane Kiffin without Matt Carell, I'm curious to see what, what they're able to do. It's, I think it's going to be a really interesting uh, SEC season. Well, I do too. I could uh... – I certainly agree with you, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what uh, Kelly does. I let you uh, agree with you, and how Lane Kiffin uh, revamped that uh, Ole Miss football team this year. Yeah, and again, a lot of it yeah. has to do with players they got in the transfer portal, you know, um, and how they how they adapt. I mean, how they blend in. I've seen it with basketball this year, where it took them a while with a team that was older teams than they usually have, but they hadn't played together and they hadn't played on winning teams. You know, the, uh, the guys that were starting and, and having some success early, they, they weren't used to it. Um, and I think they took a long time to kind of get into that. And, uh, but in football, it's the same way, you know, like last year, they get three defensive tackles out of the transfer portal to solve a problem that recruiting caused. And none of those three players really did much. They were just kind of there. They were, they were jags, as we call them, just a guy. Uh, and that's where I think everybody in this, you know, everybody's, you've got to do it through recruiting, but you can supplement things through the transfer portal. 
in the case of Florida, they're having to lean on it a little more than they want to and probably won't have to lean on it as much in the future. Well, I hope not. One other, one other quick question. What do you hear about Florida's chances with the Manning, Super Manning son, the new top quarterback in the country? Well, I mean, I, I mean, Florida's at least on the list, and that that is kind of where Florida is now, trying just to get into guys, um, the high-level recruits, you know, living rooms, trying to get them on campus for a visit, which Arch Manning's going to do. Um, but it doesn't mean you can get those guys. I mean, they had a lot of – they got in on a lot of guys they couldn't get in on before this year. Most of them went elsewhere. A lot of them went to Texas A&M. Uh, unfortunately, I still think George is a front runner for Arch Manning. Um, you know, I mean, guys want to go where they're going to have success, and and certainly uh, those schools, the schools like Alabama and Georgia, uh, have done it over the years. And this is where the playoff system, um, a twelve-team playoff, might actually help that. But we don't know where they're will or not. We all we know for sure is it's not helping now. It's still pretty much the same teams, and Hex Cincinnati had to go undefeated after a year where they had an unbelievable year. I mean, they had to have two years in a row to get in to the playoffs, and probably won't this year. Um, same with Michigan. You know, I mean, they've had this once in a it almost felt generational win over Ohio State, and then when you, when they got in the playoffs, you saw that they weren't equipped to handle it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting that this is hard cut clip out there in visor. Uh, that's is, uh, evidence that uh, there's a high price for Arch Manning. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, Pat, yeah, I mean that's, that's the thing. Our... Florida's going to have to get a big name, high level recruit. Um, they got one five star this year, you know. Um, but they're going to have to get like a like a what I call the Mike Miller factor, where Florida in basketball, you know, was was always struggling to recruit well, and then all of a sudden Mike Miller came, and that was everybody wanted to come and play with him. Uh, Teddy Dupay came, everybody wanted to come and play with him. That's what you have to do. You have to get guys on your team that people want to get, and that's what yeah. Florida did with Tim Tebow. When Tim Tebow decided yeah, yeah. on Florida, that opened the floodgates for a bunch of guys who wanted to play with him. And that's what they're going to need to get, that kind of a guy. And it may have to be a quarterback, uh, maybe in another position, but likely a quarterback. I don't know that they'll get Arch Manning, but at least they uh, will be able to uh, get him to look at the school. Yeah. yeah it's going to be a mixed one. Pat, I've kept you long enough. I, I, I appreciate your time, my friend, again, and would love to talk to you in, uh, at the spring training. All right, Kate. Good talking to you, buddy.